Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. His. 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 And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite jingles. You gotta redo that. <laughs> what? That's not favorite. Oh, I did that on purpose, dude. I thought you would like it. <laughs> I did, but gotta be consistent. Dude, I'm leaving that in, man. I was I wanted to surprise you. I thought that was great. <laughs> it was great. But I was waiting for you to laugh and redo it. Uh my name is Quentin. I've got my brother Travis with me, as per usual. And today we are diving into some electric music. Yeah, man. We've been talking about it for months now. Maybe not months, but at least the last few episodes we've been teasing. A, a stint of electronic episodes, and we have arrived at that moment. This is the first uh, episode of February, so February is going to be devoted to electronic music, and we'll see if it spills into March. It might, because there's just too too many amazing electronic albums between the two of us that we are, you know, can't get enough of. That um, you know, four episodes is just not going to be enough. So we'll see what happens, but. Well, here's the thing about this genre, dude. I mean, we could no filler could be nothing but electronic. You're right. Music, you know? You're absolutely right. Man. I think this is our this is my favorite music to listen to, um, just in general. You know, like I gravitate towards electronic music in some form. Yeah, I think and you're. Hopefully, I, dude, I agree we with can, you. I agree. Yeah, and hopefully, we can cover a, you know a good range of of this style, and you know, represent the kind of stuff that we tend to go back to. Yeah. I mean, it's such an expansive genre, a lot like rock and roll where there's so many different flavors and sub flavors, you know, I think a lot of people, yeah. if you're, if you're not a fan of electronic music, you might associate it with the stuff you hear, you know, in the, at the dance club or something like that. You know what I mean? Or like the generic, right. like down, uh, dubstep, uh, techno stuff that you might hear on some movie where there's a scene and they're walking through a nightclub, you know what I mean? And I, Hey, that some of that stuff's great, but there's so much more to it than just kind of the, the cliche, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the cliche, and I've said this before, the four on the floor beats. Yeah. You know, do, do, do. that's kind of what I'm saying. The cliche, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think we mentioned this early on, uh, what, what was our, um, 
maybe it was our Tycho episode. It was pretty early on. Yeah. It was maybe like three or four episodes in. Right. Um, or maybe it was our uh, Tosca episode that I, I mentioned this. But when we were, I guess, coming of age as uh, fans of music, I did not like electronic music. I didn't understand it. Uh, you know, if, if, I don't think we had stumbled upon the the all the subgenres. You know what I mean? Like, what was well, like, like? Okay, let's let's try to think about this. Q. What do you think? Like, when you when you look back to that and say, you know, I didn't really like electronic music. What do you have a song in mind that that you're thinking of that you remember hearing and and just not connecting with? Because I'm I'm curious to know if you no. went back and listened to that music now, if you would like it. No, but well, here's here's what it was for me. If it wasn't an actual band with a drummer, a guitarist, a bass player, you know, if it wasn't a group of people making music with actual instruments, I didn't give two shits about it. That was the whole thing. I I just didn't give well, it. Well, yeah, I think you know we grew up on rock, and and yeah, and that's that, what we that knew. was the whole thing. Yeah, and, and and then we you know we branched out, probably starting around college, I would say. We started listening yeah. more heavily to to electronic music. Maybe that's because we were you know, just like many people in college, kind of expanding your your world views and your horizons. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. But anyway, I think you and I discovered electronic music together. That fateful few months where you crashed on my floor, uh, yeah. and that in that studio apartment. Uh, yeah, and we just would listen to. Mostly down tempo electronic music, and smoke our pipe tobacco like a couple of, you know, hoity toities, hipster, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right, with our freaking pinkies up and shit. But it was good times, man. So we haven't even mentioned who we're talking about tonight, dude. Okay, let me tee it up. Let's tee it up here. Okay. So we've hinted, not hinted, talked about vaporwave. We talked about it pretty extensively, actually. Um, in some of our our year uh, year end week, what am I trying to say? In our re- some <laughs> of our recap episodes toward the end of the year and the beginning of this year, um, about and, and obviously we've talked extensively about hypnagogic pop, right? Throughout the throughout the years on this podcast, so this f- first musician that we're talking about t- today in our electronic month. Definitely falls under that category, at least of not vaporwave, but hypnagogic pop. And um, he goes by, I love his name, dude. It's great. He goes by the name of Com Trues, which I didn't, I never heard this word before, Q. But that is a, the official name for that is a spoonerism of the name Tom Cruise. So apparently spoonerism, spoonerism? is, you know how sometimes you're, you're, you'll be, you'll, say something and you will, you know, unintentionally kind of switch some of the letters in the, in the words. Yeah. That's called dyslexia. Well, apparently when you, when it's vocalized like that, it's called spoonerism. Spoonerism is an error in speech in which corresponding consonants, vowels, or morphemes are switched between two words in a phrase. So there you go. So like, uh, buck cherry, you know what I'm saying? Chuck Berry. Okay, yeah, there you go. Buck Cherry. Yep, exactly. Dude, that's a good that's dude. a bad I call dude, that that's dude. a good name for an electronic musician, Buck Cherry. Buck Cherry? Um, yeah. All right. So this guy, his real name is Seth Haley. 
if we were to put him in one camp in particular, it is Synthwave. And Synthwave definitely falls into the hypnagogic, um, under under the umbrella of, of hypnagogic pop because it borrows heavily from 80s movies, TV shows, just that sound of, of 80s, right? Yeah. So um, some of the artists that kind of fall under this um, – under this umbrella, some of the more well-known artists, at least uh, we've kind of mentioned and, and talked about these guys before, but we're, you know, Kavinsky, right? Oh yeah. Electronic youth. Electronic youth. I've never heard of him. I'm sorry. Electric youth, not electronic youth. Electric youth. Electric youth. Never heard of him. They're the two most popular artists in Synthwave in 2014, according to okay. Nerd Glow's Christopher Higgins. But yeah, basically the movie Drive came out in 2011 and that sort yes. of um it's got guy, guy and Rosling in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. dude. I like that you're <laughs> sticking with the joke at least. And that was good. <laughs> that was that was legit. I like that. Uh yeah. But there is some songs from Kavinsky on there. So, um that sort of propelled the the genre and gave it more attention, you know what I mean? And then mm-hmm. um it's kind of continued to, to go on from there. Basically beyond just the sound of the eighties, a lot of times the, like the aesthetic of the eighties is also kind of embraced a lot like vaporwave, which we talked about uh, yes. extensively. It's more, it's, it's, it's more than just the yeah. sound and the music. Right. It's aesthetically a certain thing. Yeah. It's the neon, right? Lots of neon. It's the neon. It's the nineties. Uh, We're talking eighties, bro. Aesthetic. 90s. Well, well, I'm talking vaporwave. That's true. Now, okay, like, vaporwave yeah, starts to spill into the '90s, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's the idea, right? Other other names that it goes by, and we talked about this thing too. Outrun, which is the name of a video game from the '80s. Yeah. Retrowave or Future Synth. So we're going to listen to a couple of uh, songs off of some '80s movie scores. Q. Specifically, and these two artists, or at least this. Mainly this first one. And then the second one is just for me because I fucking love the soundtrack. is great. Anyway, John Carpenter, as in, you know, the director of Halloween, The Thing, etc. He does a lot of his own scores, right? That's kind of part of his thing. And did I know that, dude? I don't think I knew that. Really? You didn't know that? that? You didn't know that he did the score for Halloween? I don't think I knew that. You fucking, you're behind the times, man. (laughs) <laughs> he's he's been consistently putting out um well just recently he's put out some compilation records of like just stuff that he's he he had a, there's two albums actually that he's put out called Lost Themes in the last couple of years just work that he's that he had just on the back burner you know um actually back to 2015 so but anyway he he is Q he is credited as as being a a, a huge uh, source of inspiration for this sound. All right. Another uh, couple of composers here. Vangelis, and I think he did the soundtracks for Blade Runner. And then another another group by the name of Tangerine Dream. Anyway, so those guys are credited as kind of um, the inspiration for Synthwave. We're going to listen to a song off of John Carpenter's film Escape from New York came out in 1981. And this song is called The President is Gone. 
You get the idea, right? It sounds almost indistinguishable from any number of artists right now that are making synthwave music. And that's because a lot of them actually use vintage equipment from the 80s, the same stuff that they would use to make that exact score. So, um, yeah, you know, a lot of that sound uh, is, you know, electronic drums, gated reverb, analog synthesizer bass lines, etc. So, yeah, I, I say this a lot, and I think it it's a good way to describe it you go to a thrift store you pick up an old ass like casio keyboard from the 80s or 90s you plug it in you know and you press one of the stock sounds that it has as a keyboard and you're gonna find stuff like this yeah well i mean you know a lot of those stock sounds on keyboards nowadays are sampled from older equipment you know right so a lot of times they're going they're going even even to the to the to the source you know uh, of the sound that you might hear on a on a stock keyboard you know yeah synth yeah. sound or whatever but anyway um, all right so one more song here before we get to Com Trues. this is more of a guilty pleasure of mine dude because I love this soundtrack the funny thing is I'm talking about a couple of films that uh, starred Mister Chevy Chase or is it Chevy Chase Chevy Chase um, Fletch and Fletch lives. The guy that did the soundtrack is is the same composer that did the Beverly Hills Cop soundtrack. Mm, dude, I was I was about to bring up Beverly Hills Cop cuz yeah, that's one of those other like really classic, you know, outrun sounds. Right. Exactly. So this is um so that, you know, Beverly Hills Cop came out in 1984, you know, a couple of years after Escape from New York. Fletch came out in 85. And Fletch Lives came out in 89. Uh, so he was carrying carrying that sound kind of through. I mean, let me also put this out there, dude. He did the Top Gun score. So This guy? Yeah. So Harold Faltermeyer? Harold, Harold Faltermeyer. Now, maybe that this might be saying something. Who's in Top Gun, Q? Tom Cruise. So I if, if I mean, I, I mean, you know what? I think that's, I don't think that's me stretching at all. I think the reason he named himself Tom Cruise is because Tom Cruise was such a staple in those in some of those '80s action films, which yeah, had scores dude. like this. So anyway, um, this is the opening. This is kind of the theme song to to Fletch Lives, um, and uh, let's take a listen here. Q, I fucking love this song. I'm just gonna put that out there.
Yeah, wh what is it about this music that we're so drawn to, man? You know? I don't know, man. Uh, there's something about the 80s. There's just something about the 80s, man. The, yeah. The, the sound, the, 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 the look and feel of the 80s. And our generation is drawn to it because we, I mean, we were born in the late 80s, so we didn't really live through it. But we watched a ton of 80s movies. We grew up on 80s movies. I think this like synthesizer keyboard type, you know, instrumental music spilled into the 90s in the, you know, home game console kind of soundtracks that we heard in Sega Genesis games, you know. Yeah, well we talked we've definitely and talked about that. Before. Yeah. Um yeah, this the, the it's very similar to the kind of stuff that we heard on the video games that we grew up on. Right. And because we're, you know, being millennials, we're like the the first generation or maybe the second generation to grow up in a world where you know, we get to relive this stuff all the fucking time on yeah. the internet. Yeah. You know, yeah. at the at, at a few you know types on the keyboard and a few clicks on the mouse, and you can re-listen to the entire soundtrack of fucking Sonic and Tails, or you know, dude, I Shinobi, I listen to the Shinobi, Shinobi or whatever. I listen to the Shinobi three soundtrack all the time. Yeah, because it's fucking and that's dope, just, dude. And that's just a random ass Sega Genesis game that might not mean a lot. But when you listen to the music, you know, it's no wonder that we are fans of electronic music because yeah. These were electronic songs, essentially. I mean, they were, they were. Yeah, and thirty-two. And I think the, I, I think the, you know, the fact that we were able to and are able to go back and listen to that music whenever we want. Right. That's what. That's. I think that's why this kind of music has such staying power with our generation, dude. Because it's just there, and it's it's just it's nostalgia. You know, there's just so much nostalgia. I don't have to go to a thrift store and and find a Sega Genesis with all the right hookups and then go find those games and plug it in and play it to listen to this music. Right, you know? right, right. Anyway. It, yeah, it holds a special place. Yeah, it really it. does. So, yeah, that's why Synthwave, you know, it has such staying power right now because our generation just, you know, loves this this sound. You know what I mean? This aesthetic especially. So let's talk about Comtrues. So um, I, I think I talked about last... Last week, I, I had mentioned that we were going to cover his album In Decay, but I decided against that because that's actually a compilation album um, that he was, you know, from what I've read, he put out a ton of what he called mixtapes, just he released them on the internet called Computer Casts, spelled with a K, Computer Casts on his uh, SoundCloud account way back in the day. And a lot of fans, once he was signed on to Ghostly International, the record label, they wanted they wanted that stuff to be released, you know. And even though Comtrues didn't really want to do that with his next album, basically Ghostly kind of pressured him into compiling some of those songs from the computer cast mix and putting them onto an album. And that became In Decay. Anyway, I wanted to go back and talk about his very first EP called Cyanide Sisters, came out in 2010. Um, like I said, that was his, his first EP. He had been producing music well before that, but this was his first uh, record label release. And 
Again, it's called Cyanide Sisters, released in 2010. So this is right before Drive hit that movie, right? So this was just, he, he was kind of at the forefront of it. Um, Synthwave, kind of the origins uh, go back to like the 2000s, the early 2000s. Anyway, let's just jump right into the fucking songs, bro. Uh, the very first selection here is the title track. It's called Cyanide Sisters. Let's give it a listen cue. I really do feel like the reason we like this music so much is that I can just picture this as a soundtrack to a video game from my childhood, man. Or a movie from the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not definitely, uh, definitely. Not, I'm not saying that in like a negative. No, you know? no, like it's that's not a bad. No, thing. that's part of it. I mean, that's 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 what it's all about. You know, it sounds like 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 some of those sounds that you hear could be 
you know, like the sound that happens when you jump or in when a game. you when you level up or something like or, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I love that. I mean, shit, that's what it's dude. all about, dude. So I, I'm gonna read off of um, the uh, the labels uh, page here for this record. Uh, it says here, Cyanide Sisters' beauty lies somewhere between IDM, '80s synth pop, Factory Records, classic Italo disco synthesizers and glitch electronica soaking its opening title track with thick, damp ambience and a slow, chunky drum machine groove. So that was the opening track that we just listened to. That person must have been getting paid per word. Good lord. Uh, yeah, it's pretty lengthy. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that's totally accurate. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's spot on. So yeah, um, I think that's a good intro to his sound, really. And, you know, this was his first EP released on a record label now technically it had been released uh as a free download through something called am discs in june of 2010 and then ghostly took it and remastered it and extended it with a with a few bonus tracks which i'm going to play one of those bonus tracks a little bit later but uh q if you if you want let's just go to the next track here yes please now one thing i wanted to point out with john carpenter's scores you know and some of these other movies that i talked about it's more like dark ambient type stuff yes i was gonna i was gonna bring that up like yeah like if that's even something that is is part of this genre of music you know like like you're trying to outrun someone you know like you're like there's a chase going on or something there's a song that the very well-known kavinsky track what is it called it's called like night call or something like that but anyway yeah. um yeah yeah night call that's I think night, night crawl night call uh, oh, okay like you know call somebody on the telephone like, yeah uh, yeah I think Kavinsky and a lot of other synthwave artists they stick in that like darker pocket you know what I mean like pending doom or, or right you know. sure yeah but Com yeah. Trues I think aligns himself more with kind of the sound of Tycho where it's more um, like softer, like a warm, warm glow yeah a lot of warm yeah. glow yeah exactly. Um, okay so anyway uh, but hey before we jump into our next pick let's take a quick break i think you're going to hear in this next pick the tempo is going to be a little bit different that was a really good intro track to an album because it's so it just kind of brings you into the, the to the world you know mm-hmm. kind of guides you in takes your hand and you know here's here's my here's my vibrant world that I'm going to create for you. My name is Com Trues. <laughs> anyway, so let's go on to the next track. This is track three, and this is called B-A-S-F Ace. I don't know if that's trying to be funny, like ba- Bass Face. I don't know. Anyway, B-A-S-F Ace. Bass Face. Oh, fuck me. No, I don't know. Dude. You're right. Just... You're probably right. Bass Face. Really? Okay. Now that you said it. But but Ace is is separate from from yeah from the, but, uh, you know, base face base it's either B A it's ace. either it either sounds stupid and when I say it B A S F face or Ace <laughs> or it's base face let's just go well, with base hey. face okay we'll go with base face all right base face.
I, th- I think part of the draw to this music for me as well is that I just like that this is approachable in that it does feel like a song that you could make without manipulating your your keyboard sounds like this is just you can press you know here's a preset keyboard sound you know on your on your electronic keyboard and this is the shit that's going to come out of it here's a preset drum set you know drum kit sound on your keyboard and this is the the drum beats that you're going to get from that and you can make music like this now of course it's not that's not the case obviously there's more to it for for calm trues you know sure he's obviously manipulating this and that and he's using programs to make this music but that's what i like about this synthwave style is that like that's what it's all about it, you know this sounds like music that is just coming straight off you know, factory settings on your keyboard, this is what you get. Well, Key, I'm about to read some things off to you that mean nothing to me, but somebody in the audience might know what we're talking about here. I just pulled up a, an article here, a interview that he did with Splice.com, where he lists off his equipment, okay? He says here, and this was done back in, come on, man, okay, 20, <laughs> 2019. I get, I get annoyed when I don't see the information that I'm seeking. I know, you know. I know, dude. Anyway, uh, he says here, the synths I currently have in rotation are the Krumar Bit 1, the Juno 106, the Sequential Prophet 6, the DSi OB6, which sounds like a fucking Star Wars droid, Oberheim Expander, Oberheim Matrix 6, the Korg ARP Odyssey, the Access Virus T12. It sounds like a fucking Terminator. And loads of Eurorack modules. The only So the only brand I recognized in that was Korg and Oberheim. Yeah. Anyway, that probably means nothing I mean, to anybody. And, I mean, the Juno 1R6. I mean, of course. Of course. Let me, let me, I'm going to Google that right now, dude. I'm going to see what this looks like. Juno 106. No, it looks like a fucking keyboard. <laughs> it, it looks like an analog keyboard. What I want to know is which of these are vintage and which of these are newer. You know what I'm saying? What he's saying is, I'm, these are the instruments that I'm using. That I have on rotation. That, and the sounds that you hear are coming from these instruments. Right. That's what he's saying, right? Yeah. So, yes, okay, that's, exactly that's, that's awesome. Okay, but here we go. I just want to point, point this out. The Juno 106 was originally released in 1984. So, there you go. Okay. Uh, so, he is using, he's using time, uh, time accurate synthesizers to make these sounds. Like you, like you were trying to say, Q. Um, these are the sounds. It's not like this is new equipment and, and, and you know, he's got yeah. a Roland uh, like patch that he's using or something like that. That sounds like, yes, like this is the real that's deal. what I was going to say. Like, because you could, you know, I, I, I use Ableton to piece together our episodes and yeah. that's what I'm using to record. Yeah. Like you said, the, the patch, you could find a patch. You could find a Juno 106 a, pl- a plugin or something like that. Yeah. A plugin. Right. Yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. And, you know, that doesn't diminish, you know, like, if you don't have access to these vintage keyboards, then now, there's nothing wrong with using the using these patches. But no, I think no. it's cool that he's actually using these, like, he's holding these keyboards I, I, in his yeah, hand. I would imagine it. it's way more, like, I would get a lot more inspired if I had the actual, like, real deal yes. equipment. 
Yes. Were, you know what I mean? Like I would just, yes. it, it would just feel more authentic, you know, which it is. Obviously it is authentic. Well, for me, and this, this is, this might not mean anything, but like I get the same sense when I, I mean, dude, I could go out and buy a reissue of, you know, I don't know, the banana record, the velvet underground Andy Warhol record. Right. I could go buy that today yes, right now right. on Amazon I, with a few clicks yep. or I could stumble upon the actual first pressing of it in the wild and I would have to spend a lot of money to get it. But, you know, like holding that actual record and thinking about the decades that it's been on this earth right, as a right. pressed LP, you know, like yeah, there's, something, you, there's something, there's something to you're having the, you're definitely preaching to the choir. Um, yeah. To me and to the people listening to this podcast, for sure. Yeah. There's just totally. something about, like you said, stumbling upon a record in the wild. It just feels so much it just feels special. You know what I mean? Especially, especially with musicians. It's like dude, the you know? gods like people, people, are smiling down on you. The yeah. Music like, they, like someone, a guitar player would love to have a 1960, whatever Fender, this and that. Sure. You know, to play their style of rock and roll. Whatever. Right. right. Yeah. I, it's cool to breathe new life into old instruments, you know? Right. It's right. cool that come true is actually, plays these retro yeah keyboards now let me let me let me music. let me um let me continue here from the same interview because i think this is interesting he says here i've been limiting myself and selling off some equipment to really just focus on developing my sound rather than collecting for collecting's sake i think having too many options can negatively affect my creative process Definitely trying to lighten my studio and really only keep what I truly use regularly. That reminds me of Tycho. Some, yeah, Tycho. What we talked about yeah, with Tycho, dude. where he 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 purposely yep. found his his sound and just stepped away. As far as like he stopped tweaking it, he treated it like an instrument. As far as like these settings and stuff on his, you know, his analog keyboards and stuff, or yeah. his his you know whatever. Um, software he was using, you know? Yeah. And I, yeah, dude. So I, I love it, man. I, I love that this is st- something that we've learned, you know, through this podcast, like with the, some of our favorite electronic musicians, like, yeah, I could, I could download the, the latest software and I could pick up the latest keyboard and, you know, I could get all the same sounds, you know, that I'm going for with this new equipment, or I could stick with what I know and purposely cut back on my collection of retro keyboards because the com true sound are, are these handful of keyboards and I don't want to fuck with that. Right. And it's just, That's it's like, cool, a, a, you know, analysis paralysis or whatever, you know, the term where it's just like, why overcomplicate things? Especially right. when it's like, man, I have too many, you know, this, it, this is a probably an easy example to think about, but how many times have you sat in front of, you're, you know, Netflix and you're just scrolling and scrolling and you're like, there's yeah. so many options that I can't yeah. even choose one. Yeah. I've got too many choices. There's too many here, because how, how am I going to pick a, uh, a movie to watch or how am right. I going to pick a sound to go with for this new song that I'm working on? Yeah, right. Dude. It's too much. So anyway, yeah. I, I can, uh, I, I can see where he's coming from. All right, Q, let's do the last track here. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, Ghostly International re-released remastered and re-released cyanide sisters 
uh, as an extended reissue with four bonus tracks. We're going to play one of those bonus tracks. Uh, and what's interesting about this one is that he incorporates uh, vocals in this track. I think it's probably a sample or something like that. But um, really cool. It sounds a little bit different than the last two tracks I played. Uh, so anyway, this song is called Pyragoni. So that almost sounded more like a like a washed out track, almost, you know. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that too, and I, I like how how uh, I don't know the proper term for this, but I liked how long it he drew out that m- middle part. Yeah, before he brought back. back in, b- before he brought back in the drum. Yeah, yeah he, he definitely te- like teased it a couple times, you know, and really like it's yeah. coming back. And that's I think we've talked about that before, you know, with electronic music. It's always about layering. Taking away yep. and bringing back, and bring, yeah. I mean, it's shit. That's uh, not like that's unique to electronic music. That that uh, you know formula or whatever. But um, with electronic music, for some reason, it's just more satisfying. I mean, I don't know what to say. We, you know, when it comes back, like there's, you it's, know, it's the money shot. It's dude. yeah, sure. Yeah, if you want, <laughs> if you want to get fucking grotesque about it. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what's interesting, just around around the same time that he put out this record. 
he had done some remixes for Neon Indian and Twin Shadow. I don't know if we've talked about Neon Indian yet on this podcast. Yeah, we've talked we've talked about him, dude. Yeah. I feel like we brought him up during the undoing of David Wright episode. Probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah. Tom Cruise has been making music ever since. Um, he put out a new record fairly recently. I think it was either last year or the year before. He came out with a record, yeah, last year, called The Persuasion System. Um, but anyway, I think more so than, than a lot of him, like, he, like I said, he's kind of a mixture between Tycho or like Boards of Canada or something like that and some of these more like on-the-nose synthwave artists like Kavinsky. I feel like sometimes it can really easily be like too over the top and too the irony being is that like part of synthwave is about like nodding to some of these eighties cliches, you know? Right. But I feel like a lot of the, the synthwave artists are just over the top about it, you know, to the point yeah, of being well, cliche, which is ironic. Right. You know, you, you mentioned that and it reminds me of, I, I was trying very hard to explain Vaporwave, and that's what Vaporwave is, but it's on the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, 80s, 90s, but they do it purposely over the top. And yeah, like you're saying, yeah. that's a turnoff for you. Well, but- just sometimes it can it can be like, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're doing there. It's not the same. And that's what true Vaporwave is, and it's yeah. on purpose right. to the point where it's like, what am I even listening to right now? Right, exactly. But yeah, let me just... It's because I'm I'm borrowing a lot from this uh, write up here from Ghostly. This is this is this is related to what we're talking about right now. It says here, while many of Com Truse's contemporaries mine nostalgia as an end unto itself, the Princeton, New Jersey bedroom producer recombines older musical forms as a means of expressing something deeper and more ambitious, building a carefully conceived picture of the artist's vibrant inner world so there you go like and again what i like about this is they mentioned that he was a bedroom producer much like Tycho was scott hansen um mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's what i like what they said kind of to me sums it up nicely either you use it as an as an end unto itself as in you're doing it just because you're you're it's almost a gimmick or whatever you're doing it without actually saying anything unique you know versus artists like Comtrues who tap into that nostalgia but but go further with it you know what i mean expressing something deeper that's what we've always talked about as far as all these artists out there especially in the last decade which we covered on our decade recap episode a lot of indie artists are you know borrowing from the past but it's about what can you do with it you know what i mean can you how can you make it better or improve upon it or say something unique with it. You know what I mean? To make it new and, but still nostalgic, you know? Right. To breathe new life into those old ass keyboards. There you go. Making those (laughs) keyboards come to life. (laughs) All right. All right, Q. So that's that. That's the first episode in our electronic month and beyond. I love it, man. Yeah. I think that's a good intro. Um, and I don't know what we're going to do next, but it's either going to stay in the exact same vein because I have a Com True sidetrack that I could dust off here for us, or we'll talk about another artist. I, you know what? I just answered my own question in my head. 
let's talk about a different artist next week. I think more so than anything, I want to cover as much ground as possible on the four plus episodes that we devote to electronic music. So next week, we're going to talk about a artist that goes by Architect, spelled with a Q at the end, E-Q, Architect. And I'm fucking stoked about that record, man. I don't know shit about Architect, man. Okay, well, it, it it's sort of in the same vein, but but really not. He's not synthwave at all, but he definitely nods to like seventies disco and like eighties synth stuff, but with sort of a down tempo um, undercurrent, you know. So anyway, um, we'll do that next week. But uh, for now, Q, it's time for what you heard. So, you want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. Man. Right. I, got, I got something ready to go. Did you hear it on KEXP? No. Um, I was on Spotify and I pressed play on Krongbin Radio. Okay. Who, you know, we, we, we've brought up Krongbin a few times. Yep. One of my favorite bands from the last decade for sure. Uh, this band is definitely in that vein. Uh, they go by Orion's Belt. Belt with an E at the end. Um, have you heard of these guys? No, I have not. They're in that same like blues, um, I don't, I, you know, old seventies rock blues, heavy on the instrumental tracks. Most of the, what they put out is instrumental. Um, I, I just gotta, I just gotta play the tune, dude. There's, there's no way to really describe it. Uh, this is a three track EP that they released last year. Uh, the EP is called Slim. I'm going to play track two. And pardon me, because I my Spanish dialect is shit. But I'm going to try my best here. This song is called Tudo Que Voce Podia Ser. Yeah, so Q, here's what I thought of. 
You remember that band Yawning Man that we talked about? Dude, I was about to bring them up, man. It's that desert rock. I don't know, like, it's got like that Santa Fe. I don't know why, how a city. Yeah, but no, like, like de- provokes desert. the sound. Like but a, yeah, like. Yeah. Summer. Desert. desert yeah. The sun. Um, but yeah, you know, Yawning Man was one of the kind of like the founding fathers of, of desert rock. Um, yeah. And yeah, they had a very similar vibe, very guitar-driven instrumental music, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I liked it. It's good stuff, dude. They, they've got a full-length album that they came out with in 2018 called Mint. And if you like that track, dude, just press play on, on, on track one from, from that album, Mint, and you'll be in heaven, dude. Yeah, so that's Orion's Belt. Uh, that song was called Spanish Words. There you go. <laughs> all right dude what you got for us brother what you been hurting lately did you say the track is called spanish words yes I, no. yes okay. i didn't want to tr- it's called tuto que voce podia ser pretty good that's the best i got for you man pretty good all right so what you've been hurting to lately brother all right q uh we're gonna just go right back to electronic music for this one so um this guy he goes by many names. He has literally 19 aliases on Wikipedia. But I know him as Lego Welt. One word. Lego Welt. Lego Welt? Hang on a second, dude. Now, does that is that in reference to the welt that you get on your foot when you step on a Lego? Uh, my mind didn't go to that at all. Maybe. <laughs> well, that's where mine know. went. Okay. Maybe. Uh, probably not, but <laughs> maybe. So anyway, this guy is a Dutch electronic musician. Uh-huh. His real name is Danny Wolfers. I don't know if that's his birth name, but anyway. Now, we were talking about all the different subgenres of electronic music. Listen to this. This is how he describes himself. A hybrid form of slamjack combined with deep Chicago house romantic ghetto techno funk and euro horror soundtrack okay what was the first thing you said slam Slam jack Jack? i don't know what slam is that i don't know uh but whatever it is you're about to hear some slam jack (laughs) Uh, it could be like one particular song it looks like maybe i just want to hear some slam jack nicholas slam jack james maybe uh anyway uh i just googled slam jack and and nothing really is is coming up here oh it's the name of a a song by by a dance electronic musician so maybe that's what it is maybe maybe this song is so well known that it's kind of become its own sound i mean i'm familiar with flapjacks you know what i'm saying yeah i do know but slam jacks not familiar with that i do know what you're saying so i've been a, a fan of of his i've listened to a couple of his tracks just here and there I never really dove into anything beyond just hearing some stuff on like, you know, radio plays on Spotify and stuff like that. You know, um, you might listen, you might like this artist if you like this artist kind of stuff, you know, but sure. uh, I pushed play on his 2012 record, the paranormal soul. And was digging it from, from, from right from the rip. So we're going to listen to track one. It's called danger in the air. Citizens, 
My blessings are global. I reject absolutely revenge, aggression, and retaliation. The foundation of such a method is love. dude i felt like i was in like the sub level leading up to like the main boss of that level yeah it almost sounds like some of the uh, shinobi stuff the shinobi soundtrack that i was talking about earlier are we gonna have to do a sidetrack on the shinobi soundtrack at this maybe, point dude? maybe we've brought up shinobi enough times maybe let's yeah I mean, maybe we'll do you that next week. We've, I don't know. I mean, we've started doing what you heard's on sidetracks. Maybe that should just be my what you heard. Because I'm probably going to listen to Shinobi. Dude, I listen. I pull days. it up all the time. It's great. Well, anyway. there you go, man. Um, that was great, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm into it. Is, yeah. that, is that what he's all about? Well, I mean, like I said, he, he produces music under so many different names. I have no idea what his other projects sound like. But like I said, under Lego Weld, he sounds, you know, it's very similar to that. Um and yeah, it just it's just you put it on and you just let it let it go. It's just great, man. Really good music for um for working, for for concentrating. Um kind of like heavy metal, like I to me, I can I feel like I can concentrate and focus more when when music with a faster tempo like this and like metal, you know. Um how the fuck do you concentrate listening to heavy metal, dude? I I don't know what to tell you, man, but <laughs> I can. I, I it just it gets me in this groove and this mindset, you know crazy so anyway um yeah great track and um the, you know it sounds like like some of the stuff we were talking about earlier were like the 80s um synths and stuff but it's yeah. very it's very modern he's not trying to sound like um it sounds more modern than comp trues for sure it's not he's a, not it's trying not a, to he's not trying to add on to the fletch lives soundtrack 
Right. He's not trying yeah. to put his his own spin on the, on yeah. the Fletch list soundtrack. You wouldn't expect, even though we talk about how it kind of sounded like a video game soundtrack, you wouldn't expect to hear a song like that, you know, on on the unreleased tracks from the Terminator score or something like that. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. Or a John Comberter film. It's his own. It's it's unique enough to 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 stand aside from synthwave, because um, like I said, it's just just a classic uh, classic uh, slamjack song. You know, <laughs> classic slamjack. Yep. All right, man. All right, That's man. That. Yeah, it was great. Good episode. Lots of good tunage. I even got to to blow your mind, Q, and 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 reveal to you. That John Don't. Carpenter does his own scores. I mean, I can't I believe mean, you didn't know that. Dude. I probably what did know that. Yeah, I probably knew that. It's just something I, like, you know, like I see like John Carpenter's Halloween, right? But you know, I didn't realize that he was dropping the tunage as well, dude. You know, he's my favorite sci-fi horror film of all time, The Thing. His remat. He's his his version of it. Mm-hmm. He's he's known for much more than just Halloween. Have you ever seen that film, Q? Nope. It's got Kurt Russell in it. It's fucking. Nah, dude, I don't think it's got some of the best uh, special effects in in cinema history for sure. All right, Q. So uh, you know you can find this uh, on the Pantheon Music Network, where you could find many other great music centric podcasts. That's pantheonpodcast.com. or you can check out our website. NoFillerPodcast.com, where you can find show notes, where we list out all the tracks that we covered on each episode, as well as uh, links to articles that we mentioned, or videos if we mentioned videos. Um, And that's that, man. We will see you guys, and by see, I mean we will talk to you, and you will listen to us. We'll be fucking slamjacking you next week. We'll slam. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna be slam jacking your earbuds next. We're week. gonna slam jack at you with next another week. electronic tune. All right, or two, maybe three, probably three. All right, that's <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's us. That's, All right, that's us. You and me. All right, uh, we'll talk at you guys next week. My name is Travis, and I'm Quentin. Later.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.